listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is going really well today. Again, I want you to know that God is so good to redeem our lives. I mean, I just think we can always celebrate that truth. We can always, you know, lift high that truth in the midst of our day and to know that we serve a God who is purposeful. And that's really what the Lord had laid on my heart this morning to share with you is that he is so purposeful in both what he allows and in what he ordains and that he is over all things. He is in all things and through him, all things hold together so we see a purpose in our time here on this earth and the purpose is to bring glory to God to live with hearts of surrender to God and in the midst of overwhelming circumstances to just know that our God is able sometimes we just have to hang on to truth and to just know that eventually we will see the reconciliation. Eventually we will see uh, the other side of that particular situation, but we have to dig deep in the moments. And as we look at the story of Ruth, we are going to see some reconciliation. We're going to see some resolution. We're going to see God at work purposefully to bring good out of a difficult time. And Bethany, Mm -hmm. you know what? We can all relate to that. We all have those challenges. We all have those circumstances that we don't understand and that we would change if we could. Yeah, but it is so good to know that even though our circumstances are all over the place and we're kind of emotionally all over the place some days, that God is always consistent and that he never changes. And we can rest in his consistency because yes. we're certainly not. We're sometimes. certainly not. <laughs> like I can, like I was just out of town this past week and I, I will just tell you what happened. I was missing my family and I was like, oh, I, I just want to be at home. And, you know, my mm-hmm. kids are getting older. And so it feels like time is fleeting with yeah. them. You know, every little moment is so important now you know and so I was laying in bed trying to fall asleep and I just started to cry and I'm not a crier Bethany well I say that but I probably am like if you are just laying in a hotel room crying there's a chance you're a crier (laughs) but I'm probably in denial about that so I just started praying you know that the Lord would be with my husband and that he would be with my children and then he'd be with my friends who are in difficult circumstances and that he would help me to stay focused on him and to balance all of this that's called life and so, you know, I was like, I probably should take a melatonin. <laughs> like, that's my go-to. This is what you need to call me and be like, Bethany, I'm crying in a hotel room. What do I do? That's right. But Bethany, like, I can't call you at midnight because you get up so early that's in truly. the morning. If you want to call me at four, that's fine. That's yes. my alarm clock. You have to get up so early in the morning, and I don't even know what to do with it. Like, as your friend, I don't know how to process it for you because I'm such a night owl. Well, and I've been doing this for a few years, and I'm still trying to process it. So, I mean, I'm right there with you. I don't know how I handle it. I'm a night out. It's like 12 o'clock at 1230. I am super good. I'm super excited. I'm like ready to talk. I'm ready to work. But this particular night, I was just crying and I was just like, my family and my home and my ministry. And so we all have those moments. Yes. And so I took a melatonin and went fast asleep and good. was just fine the next day. So just a peek did you, into my life. Did you make that announcement from the stage of like, ladies, you won't believe what I did last night. I did not. I did not because I was still not sure that I would hold it together. But it's because, you know, life is changing and we've got a senior and, you know, things are transitioning. And so change brings about a lot of different things, I 
I think. Mm-hmm. I think change brings um, thoughts of gratefulness and it also brings thoughts of evaluation. And you would just always go, okay, Lord, help me to navigate this mm-hmm. really well. And you know, that really is a great segue into the story of Ruth because there was a whole lot of change going on right here in this portion of the story as we look at Naomi and Ruth and now Boaz is very much in the mix. When we left off during our last program, we learned that Boaz had told Ruth that there was a nearer relative that needed to have the opportunity to redeem her life and that she had to go home and simply wait and to Mm -hmm. find out what was going to happen. And let's talk just a little bit about waiting because it's probably one of my least favorite things to do, (laughs) especially when I have to combine it with trusting, mm. waiting and trusting together. Oh my word, I need another melatonin. <laughs> just something to calm you down a that's little bit. That's right. That's right. You know, and so I'm just like, okay, put myself into Ruth's position whenever she went to Boaz at the threshing floor and she uncovered his feet, which was a sign of proposing marriage and, and also just of intimacy. And mm-hmm. then also she did say to Boaz, you know, cover me with your wings. And she was putting herself on the line mm-hmm. and she had no idea probably that there was a near relative that would potentially come into the scene. And so I think about her heart and I think about how she had probably become comfortable with Boaz and comfortable with the idea of life with Boaz. Mm -hmm. He had initiated relationship with her. He had pursued her. He had protected her. He had provided for her. There was a foundation that had been established based on trust and consistency that was probably comforting to Ruth because it was like it was stable, Mm -hmm. you know. And so for her to learn that potentially she is maybe going to end up with another man, I think, okay, wow, time out. That's that's a curveball. Yeah, that is very much a curveball. And it's like, okay, what's going on here, God? And, you know, whenever we study the word of God, we want to be very, very careful to come at it not from our perspective or from our feelings, because Mm -hmm. God's word is so much deeper and richer than our perspective or our feelings. And so it's important to study God's word, you know, systematically and to understand context and to understand the author and the recipient and the purpose and where the story and where the passage fits into God's unfolding story of redemption. But once you do that, once you have that foundational work done, you can contextualize it to your life. And this is a portion of Ruth's story that I have contextualized into my journey because as you know, I'm adopted. And there was a season of my life where I was waiting in the hospital for my adoptive family to come and pick me up. And prior to my birth and then in the few days following my birth as all of the paperwork was being done and the you know different families who had the opportunity to come and to adopt me and to bring me into their family, I kind of can relate to this waiting, even though I was in my mother's womb or in the hospital. So I wasn't aware of it at the Mm -hmm. time. But looking back now to just see the sovereignty of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God, it's at play right here in this portion of Ruth chapter three and Ruth chapter four, because never in a moment was Ruth's future in question. Because remember, we serve a consistent, purposeful God who is always at work, who is plotting for our redemption. He brings purpose to our pain. He brings meaning out of our messes, but he also blesses the plans that need to be blessed and he frustrates the plans that need to be frustrated so that we end up at the right place at the right time with the right people to accomplish his right purposes. And so we want to see that work out in her story because that is a principle that can be applied to our story, that can be contextualized to our 
birth, to our journey, to our marriages, to our service, to our relationships with other people, to all of our time here on this earth. God is sovereign. He is providential. He is purposeful. He is fulfilling a plan. And listen, he has a plan. He has a purpose for you. And he is plotting for your redemption. It is our job to surrender to that. It's Mm -hmm. our job to wait. It's our job to trust. It's our job to engage in that process. Because there is not a single situation that takes God off guard. God is so consistent and every single moment of of pain or discouragement or any kind of feeling that we feel God knows about, he's aware of, and it's working for his good. And he's going to bring, you know, redemption out of that. So we just have to hang on. We just have to trust. We just have to obey. And so, you know, at the end of Ruth chapter three, we kind of see the curtain close on Naomi and Ruth and them talking. And from that point on in Ruth chapter four, it's just the rest of the story. And my favorite part of Ruth chapter four is probably at the beginning of verse one, where in my translation, which I use the New International Version, it says, meanwhile. There is a meanwhile going on. God is at work because Boaz does not waste any time. He goes down to the town gate and he sees that near relative. He sees that close relative passing by. Again, we see the sovereignty of God and he presents the situation to this near relative. And when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to see the way that Boaz presents this situation and what the near relative does with it. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. So we're back and we're talking about the kinsman redeemer process. Bethany, we're talking about the law of love right marriage. And again, those are kind of concepts and words that are foreign to us, but they're at the heart of this story and they provide a picture of the character of God and the heart of God. Let's talk just a little bit about the kinsman redeemer process in order for an individual to be able to take advantage of the kinsman redeemer process. They had to be in a difficult situation. They had to be in a situation where they needed to be redeemed and in order to take advantage of that, they had to have a near relative be willing to redeem their life. And this near relative had to fit three criteria. And the first criteria is that he had to be the nearest relative. And that provided order because remember, we talk about how God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. And so sometimes these issues dealt with land and land was extremely important. And so there had to be an order. There had to be a means uh, to facilitate uh, these issues to, to be resolved in a way that was honoring to God. So it had to be the nearest relative. And then that kinsman, that nearest relative, they had to have the ability to redeem. So the financial means, Mm -hmm. maybe that required the transaction of money because they were buying back land. Maybe it was that that person had to be able to produce a son because it dealt with legacy. And then finally, they had to be willing to do it. There was disgrace that was associated if you didn't step into the role of the kinsman redeemer, but you weren't forced to do it. And and I want to just start here 
and remind us that this is a picture of Jesus because Jesus ultimately fulfills the criteria of the kinsman redeemer. Mm-hmm. I, I can't help but think about in the garden just prior to going to the cross where he's going, okay, Lord, is there any other way? You yeah, know? pass this cup for me. Yes, yeah. that's right. Is there any other way? And then yet not my will, thy will be done. And so we see a picture of Jesus in the kinsman redeemer process. He is our near relative. He is both able and willing. And he did, in fact, satisfy mm-hmm. God's wrath and become our substitute and provides the only way for us to enter into a saving relationship with God based on his death, burial, and resurrection. And everything in the Old Testament foreshadows that moment in time. And everything after the cross points back to the sufficiency Mm -hmm. of Jesus as applied to our lives, his blood applied to our lives. And so we want to lift that out of the story. And again, I just have to take a moment and ask everyone who is listening right now, Have you taken advantage of the kinsman redeemer process? Because we are hopeless without it. Just like Naomi and Ruth could not provide for themselves there in Bethlehem in terms of legacy or land, they needed the gracious redeemer of Boaz to step in and plead their case and to provide a way we are desperate without Jesus. He is our great high priest. He is our mediator between God and man. And we can come to the Father based on his death, burial, and resurrection. So right now, if you're listening and you're you're like, "I, I don't have hope, you know, I don't have peace. I don't have power. I don't have purpose. I don't have direction in my life. I'm confused. My life feels chaotic. Then surrender your heart to Jesus. Just Mm -hmm. simply ask him to save you. And as you do, you move from spiritual death to spiritual life and you have a whole new legacy to leave behind. It's a spiritual legacy. And so just even right now, bowing your heart and your head and your mind and asking Jesus to save you, it will change the direction of your life and you will move from the outside to the inside, which is what we see happening right here in the story of Ruth. And so Uh, Boaz goes to the town gate where all of the official business takes place. He gathers the 10 elders, uh, the kinsman redeemer comes and he gives what we might consider to be kind of a softball pitch uh, (laughs) to the nearer relative when he says, hey, you know, Naomi is back and there's this land that needs to be redeemed. If you want to buy the land, you're the nearest relative, then buy it. And the kinsman redeemer, the nearer relative was like, absolutely. He had the means He had the ability, he had the willingness, he was the nearest relative and he wanted that land. And so he said, yes. And I am like, no, 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 no. We want her with Boaz, right? Like that's the girl in all of us. We want her in the safe place that we know and that we trust she wanted as well. And Boaz is just masterful in this moment because he said to the nearer relative, now when you buy back that land, you also will take into your home this Moabite woman, Ruth, who came back with the mother-in-law, Naomi, in order to provide a seed, in order to provide a son so that Elimelech, Malon, and Kilion, so that their name and their legacy and their land can continue in their family. Well, at that point, the nearer relative said, I'm out, Mm -hmm. because he said, it will endanger my state. And so Boaz immediately says, well, then I'm in. (laughs) I'm all in in this redemption process. And he turns and he looks at all of the elders there and he says, today you are witnesses. And there is an exchange of a sandal, which in that day was very professional, kind of like a notary in a sense. It was binding uh, that agreement. And so uh, 
Boaz is super excited in verse 19 when he announced to the elders and the people, today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. I've also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Malon's widow, as my wife. And I'm like, yes! As the crowd cheers, you know, and we see this progression, Bethany, that to me, we cannot miss. We see a progression when it comes to Ruth in the story of Ruth. She starts out as the foreigner and then moves into like this concept of being a worker in the field. And then whenever she goes and she proposes marriage, and now we see that she is his wife and the elders then pronounced a blessing over this marriage. And this blessing is full of rich, deep meaning. So I want us to look at that. Verse 11, then the elders and all those at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you have standing in Epaphra and be famous in Bethlehem through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman. May your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. Hmm. Now, if you're not familiar with those stories or with those people, you may be going, well, that seems kind kind of unusual, those names and those situations. Basically what the elders were saying is this, may you produce a child. May you and this woman have a child, a son that can continue on this lineage. Rachel and Leah together, they built up the house of Israel that became the 12 tribes of Israel and Tamar whom bore Perez. Again, that's a picture of this law of Leverite marriage. All of it, a picture of God's provision, all of it, his grace, all of it, his willingness to step into a situation and to make sure that his people are taken care of. You know, that's a picture of our process of salvation, sanctification, and glorification. We need to remember that there is a process to our walks with God. We come into relationship with God based on Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. That is our salvation. We walk out our time here on this earth, becoming more like Jesus and less like this world. That is sanctification. And one day we're going to be home and that's glorification. That moment when we will be with Jesus around the throne worshiping God in spirit and truth. And we see a progression in God's work in Ruth's life. And we need to know that he is the same. Remember, we've Mm -hmm. talked about that. And there's going to be a progression in his work in our lives. You know, I think we have to remember the fact that whenever uh, Malon and Ruth came together as a couple, they were not able to conceive a child. And so that's their backdrop, infertility. Now we see God graciously moving because what's going to happen is if Boaz is going to go to Ruth, she is going to conceive a child. She is going to have a son. And we see in verse 13 and 14, like so many things happening just in these couple of verses. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Then he went to her and the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. And this son, Obed, he is special in his own right. You know, and I just think for many of us who are listening who have experienced loss Um, maybe that was loss of a husband loss of a child loss of a mother or a father or a dear friend this is tender for us because we look at it and we think okay so everything's all fine now but what we have to remember is that there was still certainly probably some difficulty some grief and some pain as you thought back to your prior days but it was a new day it was a new beginning and Obed represented that he wasn't going to take the place of Malon or Kilion but he had his own purpose he had his own you know path 
path. He had his own direction that he was going to live out. And Ruth and Naomi, they had to accept that. They had to accept that it was a new day. They had to accept that there was a new season. It was okay to move forward and that they didn't need to feel guilty about that and that they could celebrate the lives of those that have gone on while at the same time engaging in the lives of the people who were there. Mm -hmm. And so we see just this picture of life, you know, and this picture of celebrating and engaging in all different seasons of life. Again, understanding purpose, understanding consistency, understanding the story of redemption and the beautiful provision of God in the midst of our pain and our suffering and our great desperate need. So we see that there is resolution in the story because it is through Obed that we are going to see that David comes and then ultimately Jesus, our Savior, comes through that line. And it all is happening through this Moabite woman, God's gracious provision to bring an a least likely, an unlikely individual into his redemptive story of grace to use her to transform her life and then to see his story of transformation continue on through the generations to come. I, I just have to highlight one last verse as we close out the story of Ruth. You know, Bethany, I don't know if you remember back in Ruth chapter one, whenever Naomi and Ruth come to Bethlehem and Naomi is in that bad place. Mm -hmm. And she is saying, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara because God has afflicted me. And she's basically saying, I have nothing. And as she said that, you know, Ruth was standing right there and Ruth had given up everything. Hmm. And, and Naomi was saying that to the women of Bethlehem. Well, God brings redemption. He brings healing. He brings restoration to every single part of our story. Because what happens at the end of Ruth chapter four is a beautiful picture of God affirming the life of Ruth because the women of Bethlehem, they're going to affirm the life of Ruth. And they do that starting in verse 14, when they say to Naomi, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given birth to him. Mm. And I, what a blessing. I mean, what an incredible blessing. Yeah. And we see that we see the importance of blessing others in different seasons of life. But we really have to see resolution here because when Naomi first came to Bethlehem, she was saying, you know, Ruth has done nothing, you mm -hmm. know, because she was in such a bad place. And now the women of Bethlehem are saying she's better to you than seven sons. And the mm -hmm. word seven in the Old Testament is very important. It's a picture of completion or perfection. And so they are saying of this Moabite woman, she is the perfect daughter-in-law for you. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's wonderful for Ruth. Again, we do not want to over-celebrate. Again, we want to just celebrate the faithfulness of God in this moment as he brings resolution to probably a lot of hurt and a lot mm -hmm. of pain that took place in her life. And then Naomi took the child, laid him in her lap and cared for him. And I just think, wow, for Naomi, her arms were full again. Mm -hmm. You know, she had missed hugging on those boys. You know, she had lost her sons. Uh, but now God had provided not only for Ruth, but also for Naomi. And that's the picture of the family of God. God's at work in all of our lives. And there's such an interdependence among all of us as we follow hard individually after God. And it blesses and it impacts one another. So God worked in Ruth's life that impacted Naomi's life. And ultimately, it impacted our lives mm -hmm. because it was through 
this marriage, it was through the conception of this child, it was through the line and the land and the lineage and the people and the purpose of God that ultimately Jesus came to bring hope and healing and purpose to our daily walks with him. So it's just a powerful story. Mm -hmm. It's a great story. And it's a reminder of God's transformational grace that is available to us. Well, Andrea, I've just, I've loved unpacking Ruth with you and going through this. And I'm sure that there are some people listening right now that want to go deeper into the story of Ruth. So I know you have a book available at your website, andrealennonministry.org. It's called On the Road with Ruth, and you can order it today. Andrea, thank you so much for sharing all that with us. Absolutely. Also available on my website are videos Mm. that you can watch. There are six videos. You can download it and watch them for free. And I go deeper in detail in regards to the story of Ruth and the application of this story to our daily walks with God. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.